You're listening to Arrowhead Radio. He doesn't love us because we're good. He loves us because he's good. You can't steer a boat that's not moving. We need, we as Christians, we need to start opening our mouths. And it says that he who believes on the Son has life, and he that does not believe um, does not have life, and the wrath of God abides on him. Uh, to me, one of the greatest things God did to me was give me peace, give me a hope, give me a promise. And I thought, I have eternal life. I'm, I'm bound for heaven and it's, it's forever. I'm Mark Dana. And I'm Venus Cote. And this is Hope to the Nations. Hello, Venus. Hi, Mark. How are you doing tonight? I'm not too bad. Are you excited about meeting or speaking with our guests tonight? Very excited. I've, I've, I couldn't quite remember who she was until she started giving me times and dates and where we met, and now I remember. We're really glad to have you here. Thank you. My name is Venus Cody. My name is Mark Dana. And my name is Julie Russell. And we're glad to have you here, Julie. Thank you. So we're basically just sitting around and chatting, but we really want to be able to hear your story mm-hmm. about how you came to know God. And we're also inviting the people that are listening into the conversation so that they could also hear what you have to say. Mm-hmm. And just and just getting to know you and, and uh, just... Um, each of us has a story and, and, uh, it's never the same, but God uses our stories in many different ways. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty excited about, uh, getting to know you in, in a little more, uh, intimate way, uh, personal life and just, I'm excited. Well, good. I'm glad. I'm nervous. So you're from Grand Manan. I am from Grand Manan. Yeah, wow. all my life and all my generations before me that I know of, like most of them, yeah. And you're from a Maliseet background as well? Um, I oh. have I, I have two great-grandparents that came from Bear River, so Mi'kmaq. Oh, okay. And then I have one great-grandparent that was Passamaquoddy, like the New Brunswick, the Canadian Passamaquoddy side. Right, mm-hmm. right. So we pretty much have that in common. My grandmother... Uh, was Passamaquoddy. She passed away now. So, mm-hmm. yeah. You told me a story earlier about I never realized that there were Canadian Passamaquoddies and the ones that I know are just across the border. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what you told me about uh, the Canadian Passamaquoddy. I never heard that story before. I thought mm-hmm. it was intriguing. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'd be interested to hear. Well, the, the land, the territory that the Passamaquoddy had originally um, <clears throat> would be the border, the, ca- the Canadian-American border, kind of cut it right down the middle. And so um, what happened was, uh, partially be- because of the Shubenacadie residential schools, the mm-hmm. um, people in New Brunswick were told that if they didn't give up their Indian rights or move to Maine, to the either Indian Township or the Pleasant Point, mm-hmm. that their children would be taken to Shubenacadie. 
And then there was also a lot of unrest because of the French and the English, like even before that, were fighting over the territory and whatever. And it, the, some of the resources got stripped down. And the opportunity to take care of yourself and and thrive uh, diminished. And so uh, lots of them moved over into Maine. And some of them, because of the Shubenacadie um, threat, also decided to stay. But they kind of gave up anything they had on paper with to do with their rights. And some even changed their last names to mm. uh, the names of their neighbors. Yeah. And that's something that happened in history that, that was pretty widespread at one particular point. I mm-hmm. know I've heard stories myself of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so your family was in that situation there. My family... Um, I believe that my, the the um, Bear River family would have been affected by the Shubenacadie Residential School. Some of my mm-hmm. inherit okay on that side, but then also in the Passamaquoddy that were on the island where I live, um, I know of stories of names that had to be changed and papers that had to be ripped up um, in order to avoid the threat there. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. That's a uh... It's, it's, there were some hard times, wasn't yes, there? Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. So you grew up, did you always have a knowledge of Jesus or? I actually grew up Jehovah's Witness. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I, well, my family, my parents joined Jehovah's Witness when I was five. And so I guess I wasn't before that, but obviously with my memories, mm-hmm. like the age, you know, that's pretty much all that I remember. Wow. So uh, I was in Jehovah's Witnesses from the time I was five to the time I was 17. So you've seen... We're quite indoctrinated in it, yes. Seen a lot, I suppose. I was. Mm-hmm. So what changed that for you? I'm not saying, I'm not talking about, you know, just changing a denomination, but what mm-hmm. changed in your life? Well, um, how God can use many things, right, to, mm-hmm. to get to you, like mm-hmm. just circumstances. Yeah. And so us living on a very small island um, at school, sometimes we would have to share textbooks. And so I had to share a textbook with a girl that lived across the field. Okay. And so I got to know her and kind of befriend her. And she held a youth group in her home. <laughs> one night a week and unbeknownst to my parents um, they started inviting me to stay for supper and I started staying for youth group Mm -hmm. so that was one of the times that I heard about God heard about Jesus and then um, there was a a girl in grade 12 that she became a Christian and she targeted me she's like I'm going after her so she would bring (laughs) scriptures to school every day yeah. And then I would take my Jehovah's Witness Bible and write down the counter, whatever, and answer her back. And then she would come back at me. And sh- she did that for a few months in school. Mm-hmm. But what happens is with the Word of God, when that truth comes in and you start hearing it, right, it starts doing working. a working. Yeah. And so by that's before I was done my grade 12 year, I gave my life to Christ. Now, how did your family feel about that? Well, um, some of my family were Christian and some of my family weren't Christian. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So there was some division on that. Um, and with those that were in Jehovah's Witnesses, if you're familiar with it, they, you kind of disassociate and you don't talk or whatever. So there was, there was some of that. Um, but for the most part, most, you know, most of them were okay. Or I was of an age where I could make my own choices mm -hmm. and I did. So mm -hmm. what changed for you at that point? Um, truthfully, mm -hmm. truthfully at that point, what happened was I went forward and I prayed, but I wasn't discipled at that point. Okay. And so I still really didn't follow. I really didn't go by what the Bible said. I didn't know too much about it. Mm -hmm. And so it was actually a number of years later and in those years making a lot of mistakes and mess in my life and just having a lot of bad things happen um, that God again instrumented um, me suddenly having community around me again to support me and, and like him speaking to me through different things and um, was really there for me during the hard times and so I recommitted and I just remember in particular it was probably in 2005 and I had gone through a lot and I was on a coach and I'm like God I know that you don't let go God but don't let me let go like mm. I just don't let me let go because I was in and out and off and on and you know up and down and all around and whatever and so I just feel God really hears your heart's cry, right? Mm. And yes. so, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. Was there someone in particular that God used to speak to you or a group of people or there circumstances? Were, there and... were a lot. There were a lot of people, a lot of people that he used. But I find like, uh, for me, I was young and... I would try to fix things my own way and I would try to do things my own way and didn't really want to fully surrender things and mm. follow, you know? And so when you get in a corner and you're to the point where, okay, I know I can't do this alone. I know I can't, I can't do this. And you cry out then that's when, and he comes and he makes himself real. Like, the ways that he works in your life that you can't explain it away. You can't explain it's anything else but God. That sounds familiar for what <laughs> Venus has, has has shared a little bit too, right, in your life? Mm-hmm. I had, I felt it at one time that I had nowhere to go, nowhere to turn. And I tried many different things and 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 I was there and I said, okay, God, if you're real, I have nowhere else to go. And people say who you are is real or you're true. I'm willing to give you a chance. And I didn't see no magic lights or just, I just knew that he heard me. And I was an alcoholic and drank every day, seven days a week, months at a time. People made fun of me. People talked about me. I was a town drunk and all of a sudden that day, I decided I was done. I was done drinking. And from there on, I never had a drink since. And I knew then and there that he heard me. He listened and he came. 
I guess for me, like it was, I just tried doing what people told me to do is to pray and give my life to the Lord, my heart to the Lord. But I thought, well, did I give enough? Like I, I could never get a, an understanding that, well, it's not me seeking God. God is actually seeking me. So when I gave up, he was still there, right? When I gave up or I felt like giving up, he was always there for me too. So that first step is really important. And mm -hmm. what brought you on to like the second step, if there is a second step, but going beyond mm -hmm. where you were before? Mm -hmm. I think, um, I think it's coming to realize that you can get to know God and you can have a relationship with him. Yes, right. right. Because some people know about God, mm -hmm. but they don't, you don't realize that you can get to know God, right? And know who he is. And he knows everything about you and he wants to, to, to spend time with you and have a relationship with you. And I think it's when you get into that, mm. that because how are you going to, how are you going to trust someone that you haven't got to know? That's right. And he is a person, which is interesting. And Jesus mm -hmm. actually becoming a man, mm -hmm. we can relate mm -hmm. to his humanity side, right? Mm -hmm. And you were probably taught before that Jesus was the son of God, but he wasn't God. God. Exactly. Well, what changed in your mind on that one? What, how did you get to mm -hmm. really believe? Honestly, the, the, the night that I went forward, I was at a crusade and I cannot tell you what was said. I can tell you the song that was sung, which is just as I am, which is a song that many people, that's their testimony of when yeah. they went forward that yes. song. Um, all I, all I can say is I, it's like I felt a magnet literally pulling me out of my seat, down the aisle, and there I was, right? And I, mm -hmm. and I prayed the prayer. What, what God has done for me since then is he has one thing at a time put his finger on things I've been taught wrong, mm -hmm. things that were lies, and yeah. replaced it with the truth. And he's done it gently, one thing at a time, yeah. right? And um, just renewing my mind and getting the truth in there about all those things. And I guess that's what we would call discipleship. Mm -hmm. And we all have that process. We're still in that process mm -hmm. even, right? Yeah. We don't always think perfectly in line with what the scriptures say or, mm -hmm. but that is really, I'm glad you put it like that way. You said you prayed the prayer. Mm -hmm. What was that prayer? Well, that's the prayer that's the prayer where you ask Jesus into your life and you, you say, I know I'm a sinner and I know that you died for my sins and I want you to take those sins and I want you to come into my life and I want to serve you. I want to live for you. And so, I mean, we say that, but we're like, I don't know how to do that or I've got to get my act together first. And you don't, you don't because he's going to show you He's just going to be there with you, like how a friend would be there with you. And you go on a trip, you go on a journey together, yep. and you work out, and yeah. We were talking about yeah. that today, about yeah, uh, um, that some people think that they have to deal with things first before they come to God. And really, we don't, because He finds us, whether we're in this mess or whether we're struggling with something, yeah. and He just 
knows when to come along and he just knows when to uh, just know what we need at that time. And God is a gentleman. He doesn't force his way into our lives. He comes when we're at that point in our life where we don't know where to go, no, don't know where to turn. And uh, when I came, my life was a complete mess, and and I didn't know how to put my life together. I didn't know how to uh, quit the drinking, quit the smoking before I come to him. He just took me as I was, mm. loved yeah. me as I was, and he made me feel special because as a father, you have you have children, and you want to be able to just love your kids mm -hmm. just as they are mistakes and all and that's the way god is he loves us mistakes and all i was thinking of the story of uh the blind man in john chapter nine and uh jesus came along and healed him and then the religious leaders came along and started to question him and question his parents like what this who is this man what did he do like he, they were trying to catch jesus and the man was just like, I don't know. All I know is I was blind and now I see. And they kept asking him these questions. And, and then there's a little bit of irony in there. And he says, well, you're asking me these questions. Is that because you want to be his disciples to, disciple too? But then he was thrown out of the synagogue, which was the worst thing you could possibly live because the synagogue was the everyday life, you know, and... So he was thrown out of the synagogue, and then Jesus went and found him at that point. And then he kind of he understood who Jesus was and believed on him. So it was like after he was thrown out, then Jesus went to him. He didn't stand up there and debate or anything like that. He just waited, and he loved that man, and he knew that there, there was a time for him, and came along beside. So... But I've heard other stories, too, which was kind of funny. But, you know, sometimes people think of these healing services and things. Well, I'm not putting it down, but some of them lead people to believe that they're going to be healed and they're not, right? Well, there was a story that uh, this pastor told, and he it was a true story. They had this tent meeting, and the this older man, he had problems with his eyes. So the man who was up front said to him, just have enough faith and throw away your glasses and you, you'll, you'll see. And he said, you'll see. And then later on, here's this pastor, this Cree pastor came along, and this man's down on the ground trying to find his glasses that he had thrown off, believing this, and nobody else is around. So... This pastor came along beside him and showed him, you know, grace and love. But, yeah, we were talking about that this morning, right? Sometimes people give sort of false promises about, you know, if you follow God, things will go really, really well for you. Do you say that's true or in one way or another? I... I I think, in a way, in one way, it gets harder, mm -hmm. except that you're not doing it alone, mm -hmm. and that God is giving you peace. 
amidst the circumstances. Yes. So your circumstances may not change because, I mean, there's other people involved, uh, you know, and it might be years of generationally things happening. Um, That stuff's not just going to magically disappear. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But you're not going through it alone. Like it says in the Bible that Jesus is the anchor for your soul. Hmm. Right. So if your soul, like if your mind will and your emotions, so even in the storm, he holds you steady Hmm. on the inside. Right. And gives you direction. So, yeah. That's great. How has he showed you direction in your life? Has he given you specific direction? Well, every time that I don't uh, run ahead of him, yes, he does. <laughs> because sometimes you have a tendency to run ahead of. Sometimes God. we kind of do that, like uh-huh. we something will happen, <laughs> and we, in our own mind, are like, "This is what I should do," and we do it quickly without inquiring of the Lord. Hmm. And um, that's something God showed me a lot lately: is that you need to inquire of the Lord about things because He really wants to show you and tell you. Yes. Um, because we still have our own will and our own way, and yeah, we can certainly mess things up. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of stories in the Bible about that too, mm-hmm, right? And mm-hmm. I think we can both relate to that sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Some of the biggest uh, mistakes people made was after they had a great victory, and then they thought, oh, I can do this on my own. Right down. Mm-hmm. hmm Yeah, so uh, you've had um, family that are believers and family you have family that aren't believers yes um i don't have as many family members in jehovah's witnesses anymore like that's pretty much dwindled down but i still have unbelieving family members Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so how does that play out in your life like well I mean, uh, nat- naturally, I pray for them. Mm. I find it a very, um, sometimes it's difficult because you can seem preachy. You don't want to alienate them, mm-hmm. you know, and fe- and you don't want them to feel like they're you're judging them. Sometimes they look at you as more religious than Christian. Mm. Yeah. And so I don't want, I, like, Jesus was very... Um, well, Jesus was very loving, and he was very relational. And so uh, I don't want to be something that's always pushing people away. Yes. But struggle with that at times. And then there's always the misconception, too, that, oh, Christians have it all together, and they're, they're perfect, and, you know, da 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 um, No, not so much. <laughs> Not so much. Nope. I guess we can agree with that, eh, Venus? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have family that uh, uh, some are walking with the Lord and and some aren't. And it's like you said, we pray for them. And when I go home and visit, I love my family. And... I wouldn't be here without my family, and yeah. and when we come together, we laugh, and and it's like you said, I don't want. It's not my job to judge. All we have to do is love, 
And uh, I've never heard that one before when you said that uh, I don't want to just seem religious and that's the way they would see us if if we come across differently. But if we want people to come to know the Lord, our, our light within ourselves should be able to shine and that they would be able to see Jesus and and not to be able just to just to act the part. But to see the true and living Christ in our lives and and to present ourselves as witnesses but not to preach to them because they're they're feeling bad enough already living in the lives that they're living and I think some if we tell people that you know we don't have it all together but that God helps us that's that's helpful to them because they're afraid that we, you know they think we do and it's not true right Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just need to see the real us, that we're real, mm-hmm. that there's nothing fake or phony about us, that if it, they can, if we allow people to see us as real people with uh, hurts and, and we cry and we laugh and we get angry sometimes and and get disappointed that we're still, we're not... We're not uh, perfect by any means, that we still have these emotions and feelings that we just need to deal with it in that way. So someone asked you, what was grace? How would you express that to them? What is grace? Well, I think grace it, for me it's like help in time of need and it's uh, it's like grace is meeting you where you are but it's like loving you too much to let you stay that way if mm. you're hurting like yourself that. or hurting others yes it's loving you, you too much to let you stay in that place i like that and that's you were talking about love. Well, that's a little bit yeah. of a definition of love too, right? Yeah. Love doesn't just stand back and watch people hurt themselves. Yeah. Or myself even. Well, it's 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 uh, like Christ, uh, the man paralyzed at the pool. Yeah. And when it stirred and he wanted to get in, he wanted to be healed, mm-hmm. but he couldn't move. And everybody else was getting in before he was. And so he never did get healed. And, and yeah. Christ came along and... He said, do you want to be healed? And he wanted to be healed. And, and all he did was because he had so much compassion on this man that this man was there that he wanted it. And he spoke it. And he said, pick up your bed and walk. And and he didn't even have to go into the waters. Jesus just spoke the words because he saw this man's yeah, heart right. and he saw this man's desire. That's a good illustration of that. Ever felt like that? that everybody else was jumping in the pool before you and then you can't do anything. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. It's a helpless feeling. Sometimes you do need people to come alongside of you and help help you along. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 You were telling me about restorative justice Mm -hmm. that you were Mm -hmm. interested in. uh, Yes. What what is uh, like one of the key parts of that you'd like to share about justice we're interested in justice right um a lot of people equate justice with punishment 
mm-hmm. right? Getting your just desserts or whatever. Yeah. And so this is looking at it in um, making things right, but in a restoring way. So it's restoration instead. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, it, it really brings, it gives the victim a voice. It gives the offender a voice. And so suddenly they're people to each other. Right. They're people with stories. And so when you get to that point, then you can start to work with bringing healing and restoration there. So it's, it's a, it's a circle. Um, and, um, like a sharing circle and then you end up with strategies at the end for bringing making amends and making restorations but people maintain or get back their dignity yes you're not plowing them down into the ground right you're bringing them up and you're helping them up that's kind of neat. That's almost like my stepfather. Without uh, really? years ago, my uh, stepfather, my sister's father, uh, murdered my mother, and I was just a young age. And then, as I got older and became a Christian, God, uh, divine appointment, uh, knew I was ready to forgive, and I started off with asking God. For love for this man which he gave me and then I had to find him and I prayed for that and he gave me an address I wrote a letter and I asked for forgiveness for the way that I had treated him and I told him that I had forgiven him got a letter back and he had forgiven me and that was the beginning of our journey and God wanted me to sit uh, when my grandmother had passed away, I saw him sitting in a car and I said, we need to have coffee. So I, he sat across from the table for me and he asked me, I, wa- I wondered what you saw. And I told him what I, I told him that I saw too much and uh, that God wanted me to sit across from him and ask him for forgiveness for the way that I had treated him. It needed to be verbal. And I told him that I had forgiven him. And uh, he never did say he was sorry, but I saw it on his face that he had felt awful. And uh, and then he said that it was just what he needed to hear. And so what you were talking about, that's exactly what had happened without having hmm. to put those words to it. Right. And our relationship became uh, really well. And when he was sick in the hospital, I was able to go to him and share Jesus Christ with him and tell him that I loved him, that I wanted to share the streets of gold someday with him, that it would be a privilege to be in heaven with him and to walk with him. Oh. It's a powerful mm-hmm. story of mm-hmm. forgiveness. It is. Mm-hmm. So forgiveness to you, um, how would you view that? Well, I have been told and taught, and I find it is true, that forgiveness is the gateway to healing, right? Because forgiveness, um, it may do something for the other person, but Mm -hmm. it definitely will do something for you, right? Because if you hold on forgiveness, it's like you're locked up, you're bound tight. Like in a prison. And it affects you big time. And 
Yeah, so even to move forward and to not be continually hurt by that event, like that's that's a step that's got to be taken. So it's more freeing for the person that forgives than than it is for mm-hmm. the person that mm-hmm. is forgiven necessarily, not necessarily, right? Yeah, so it, it, it may, yeah, it may, it may affect the other person, or it may not. You don't have any control over what that does for someone else, but mm-hmm. you do have control over what that you can do it. Choose to do it for yourself. I heard someone say at one time that you can forgive, but you never forget, mm-hmm. and which is true. You never do forget, but when I forgave, I asked God to take away those awful memories because it didn't, it didn't, wouldn't do me any justice to hang on to them. So he did. He took them. There was no reason for me to hang on to them anymore because I had forgiven. And I did not want to go back to that place of hate and anger and wanting to hurt people. And that's not a good feeling because it's like you said, it keeps us in bondage and we have no freedom to uh, walk in our faith. And it's it's like we're, we're bound all the time. And, and once you're forgiven and finally let go and there's just a sigh of relief and just freedom is just you have so much freedom after that and i gave my testimony to a lady and she wrote it in a book and she wanted to know some of the terrible things about him and i told her that i couldn't do that i said he's forgiven Mm. and it's forgotten and i don't want to go there and try to dig up some dirt to make him look bad because that's not what it is anymore The sin was forgotten. The sin was forgiven. And I had, didn't want, he had lived enough with enough punishment within himself for what he did. He didn't need to be punished anymore. It's over. It was dealt with and and it was gone. So I told her that there was nothing to say on that. I would not want to take his name and, and take it through the mud again. I said, that's not just, that's not who I am anymore and I said he deserves some respect and some dignity as a person and we're all going to stand before God and we're not going to be answering for someone else right that's right answering for ourselves Mm -hmm. thankfully God didn't come or Jesus didn't come so we would find that a Mm -hmm. hard experience like Mm -hmm. came so that we could be forgiven mm-hmm. and I think there's a misconception about forgiveness I think people think you're telling the other person that what they did was okay yeah mm. and that's not what you're doing not at all. no that's not what you're doing it's like um, there's a scripture in Philippians and it talks about loving with knowledge and depth of insight and what I think that means is like Jesus forgave us but he knows all of the things that we've been through he knows all of the things that have brought us to the point where we are in our life and he chooses to forgive us and look past those things and offer redemption so that we can be who we're called to be right right and so you're looking beyond the offense to what that person is called to be so that's the restoration Mm -hmm. part of it Mm mm-hmm and that's throughout the Bible, 
that's been there a long time. Mm-hmm. And plus, we've dealt with our part on that part of forgiveness, but the other person, on the other hand, has to deal with that issue themselves and, and whatever they've done. And they need to come to that point in their life where they need to be able to uh, uh, forgive themselves or or make things right with that other person because we've done for ourselves what we needed to do as as christ would ask us to do Mm -hmm. as believers and but we're only responsible for for ourselves and what we what we how we feel in our own hearts to be able to walk a victorious christian life a pastor friend of mine when we were going through a difficult time he told us that we should write down paid in full because on the cross christ paid for every offense that ever happened or will happen on the cross so even the worst offender what he has done or what she has done is already paid for it's not a question that because it's paid for that person will necessarily go to be with god But they have that opportunity if they want to make that step of faith to trust what Christ did, then it's paid. We can't pay it. We can't pay it again. We can't make people pay it. It's paid. So I thank the Lord for that because he paid it with his life, right? And on the cross, Mm -hmm. uh, well, every aspect of being human that he went through. So that's 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 hard to do though to think paid in full. Okay, well that means I can't do anything about that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, now, one time somebody was explaining too, like because you think like some people feel like oh my sin's a little sin compared to so and so did this or whatever. But if you take everybody's and you stand it up to God. If God is the measuring stick, everybody's fallen short. Mm-hmm. Everybody's fallen short. Yeah. So the idea is no matter how good you think you are or how bad someone thinks they are, we're really all on the same level when we're measured up to God's standard that we all fell short. And and yet he offered himself to, to pay that debt. Mm. Yeah. Sin is sin is sin, no matter what it is, how mm-hmm. how severe or a little white lie. Mm-hmm. I always found it kind of ironic. Um, a prisoner in prison is looked down upon by most of society, right, as being really low on the on the scale mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. humanity, mm-hmm. and yet. People in prison sometimes can be a lot more honest than people on the outside because they know already they've blown it, they've mm-hmm. they've done bad things, they've they've even you know maybe surprised themselves at how far they'd gone. Mm-hmm. But then there's the other side too: is in prison, people judge each other. They will talk about somebody else's crime to other people and say, "Well, that guy's so bad. Like mm-hmm. this is what he did." And mm-hmm. so you think because other, everybody's judging them that they would want to not judge anybody but in a sense they they're still judging one another it's part of being human i'm afraid we do that we do too. it too quickly mm-hmm. uh, when you think of uh we've talked about many things uh 
and prayer is vital to our our relationship with God. That's one way we we correspond with God through prayer and and of course reading His Word. Is there? Uh, I know you pray about many things, but is there things in your life that you can say that? Yes, God answered that one. Yes, He answered that one. Is there? I'm sure you have instances in your life where God has done many, many things for you. I do, I do, and like, uh, there's things that you pray about, and then something happens, and there's no way it can be anything but God that did it. There's just mm. no way, right? Um, I'll just give you a quick, for instance, um, house needed a lot of renovations, had gone through bankruptcy, did not have money for renovations, mm -hmm. felt God saying, fix things up, went to the dump, and there was a piece of um, sheetrock or whatever cut that somebody cut in half. And when they <laughs> cut it in half, they cut it in the wrong place for the job they were doing. Yep. So they took it to the dump and stood it up behind, by the bin, yeah, just like that. And the way that it was cut would actually perfectly fit in the back of my van. <laughs> so then, so then I go home and I go to a yard sale and somebody had moved and they'd bought all this paint, two beautiful colors of paint and quite a few cans of it. To, and then they'd moved out of the house and not used it. So they put it on sale dirt cheap. Mm -hmm. And I go into the yard sale and there's all this paint really, really cheap. Wow. So yeah, God does that. Like, and it's, and it might be things that you think are small things. And then it might be things that you think are big things, but you're like, wow, that's amazing. That's a miracle. And I'm with you on that. I, I like going and picking stuff up and mm -hmm. here and there and yard sales. Mm -hmm. Things like that. I love yard sales. <laughs> <laughs> I gave my couch and my chair to the cab. I'm a lifelong member of Frenchies. And uh, I said, well, I'm going to get a, a couch sometime. Well, time had passed and completely forgot all about it. The church had given me a wingback chair, so I didn't need a couch. I had my wingback chair. A friend of mine texted me the other day, and she says... Do you still need a couch? Oh, yeah, I still do need a couch. And so I said, yes. And she said, well, I have one just for you. You can come get it. So I went over, got some friends to come and help me. Went and got the couch. It was a nice couch and a nice chair that you sat in and it was comfortable. And they were matching and they were nice. Wow. And I thought, mm. praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's and like too, you, it, with answers to prayer, it's not just stuff. I mean, it's situations in in lives too. Um, I had a season where one of my sons was going through trouble with drugs, and so he wasn't going to school and. He wouldn't come home at night, and I'd go find him somewhere and haul him home. And uh, but I had a lot of people praying, mm. and um, he left one time. And actually, he, I put him out because of the situation that he would not comply with certain things. And I'm like, I put him out, and he was kind of on the street, like staying with a friend, but. Anyway, and he would call me for money and call me for this, and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to enable what you're doing. 
if you want to come home and go by these rules. And I was praying and praying because I didn't know how this was going to end. Right. Right. But people were praying too. I had other people praying and it's, it's very important. Yeah. yeah. And he came home and went back to school and it took him an extra year, but he graduated and isn't in that lifestyle anymore. And God can do those things. And sometimes it takes a long time, but God works things out. That's a great story. What encouragement would you give to a parent where they have a child that is wayward or, or, uh, rebelling against you what encouragement would you have for for parents who have children that are well the first thing that i would say is to never give up on them god never gives up on us and to never give up on them that doesn't necessarily mean enabling them or letting the behavior continue or whatever but Never think it's a lost cause or it's too late because God can always do something Yes. Um, when we least expect it. Mm-hmm. And in some circumstances in my family, I've actually had to get out of the way because sometimes I am enabling or sometimes God wants to use someone else in their life. Right. Sometimes they can hear better from someone that's not a parent. So I pray God bring someone into their life right? That's going to speak truth into them or be a witness to them. I think that's a key thought there. Yeah, because there's the parent and child relationship is special in a sense, right? And there's that authority and the way you feel towards your child and all that. So somebody coming in from the outside can have more of a third party type. Mm -hmm. It's not quite as close. And that's a good thing. So Mm -hmm. I guess when we get together as Christians, like in the, in the Lord's presence, he seems to bless us with a lot of help, really. Mm-hmm. That's what I've experienced. Mm-hmm. People with different gifting and mm-hmm. some people can just go up to somebody and start talking to them like, you know, they're long lost friends, right? Yeah. Yep. So uh, in prayers of other people is great, too. Mm-hmm. So your church, you find it like, uh, how do you find your church? Well, our church is uh, very interesting. We're kind of in a transition right now and going to build a new building soon. And I think there's no church that's perfect. And no. so, uh, and lots of times there's, churches with masks up where everybody's pretending everything's okay and nobody's being real Mm. and so if if god can help us to be safe for each other right right so then we can start to be real and then when things are brought out to the light and they're exposed then they can be healed right so yeah god likes to bring things into the light not to shame us no but to help help heal us, right? So, yeah, it's got to be a safe place. And I'm not saying that we're there, mm. but I'm saying that's the goal. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. That's the prayer. Yeah. So the verse that comes to me is, uh, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you be healed. Mm-hmm. And that means I have to admit to my brother that I struggle and that there's certain aspects of my life that I'd like to have help with. Mm-hmm. You can't really help somebody if you don't know. Mm-hmm. 
you know, you know what the other person needs or mm-hmm. what I found in my life is what happens is we do the first part we confess things one to another yeah so we'll hash out with our girlfriend or whoever sister or whoever you know I feel this I feel that but then you don't take it to the Lord right right and so yeah. the second part is right confess your sins one to another that you'll be healed it's actually the two of you or however whatever many taking it to God Right. And, and it stays it, there. Yeah. And it stays there and it gets healed and it gets dealt with. Right. Right. That's a lot different than, oh, you got any prayer requests? Um, mm. Did you hear what uh, mm. so and so is going through? And, yeah. you know, kind yeah. of a, a gossip mm-hmm. that can do a lot of harm. Mm-hmm. So we have to have that trust. Mm-hmm. The more we can have that, the better. Right. Yeah. Just to take it before the Lord and leave it there and, and continue to pray for others, but not to have a conversation about it after we're done. Mm-hmm. If you can say that, and and uh, just to be honest with each other and take it before the Lord and leave it on the altar. And he took he took our shame, which I think we have a hard time with because that's what we want to hide from other people, right? So mm-hmm. we have ways of covering up and. Mm-hmm. But the Word of God is really good at bringing things to light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we really need that, don't we? Mm-hmm. I need that in my life. So yeah, and the shame—if God took our shame, you know—and we confess things, then the shame is not ours to keep holding on to. No, because we've given it over to God, and God's dealt with it. But the enemy will keep trying to bring that back. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. That's what he likes to do. Keep because, you in that cycle. Yeah, because with the shame, uh, then what you do is you isolate. You don't want anybody, you feel bad about yourself, so you try to hide and cover up, you know, and the enemy tries to isolate. And what God tries to do is give you a sense of community and help restore. Mm-hmm. Like Adam and Eve, they were hiding in the mm-hmm. garden and covering mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. But then God called them out. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't call them out to condemn them no. or shame them or shame them. He called them out and clothed them. Yeah, and he yes, and he did it through a sacrifice yeah. a, 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 that required blood. That's right. And he knew that was the only thing that was actually going to cover. Yep. Yeah. That's an interesting story. Yeah. You going to say something, Venus? That was a no. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't pick that up. Uh, <laughs> you're pretty smart, Mark. <laughs> well, with that idea, what Adam and Eve did afterwards was basically point fingers at one another and blame. That's another part of being human that's awfully easy to do, isn't it? Yeah. Mm hmm. Even as a husband and wife, they, you know, you're looking for something. Where did she put it? Did she pick it up and put it away? And I had it perfectly thrown in the corner or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's part of being human. And yet it's such a negative cycle, eh? To blame. Some people are in that cycle, right? I mean, if we always find someone to blame. Yeah. If you're if you're looking at what you think the other person's part is, whether it's true or whether it's not, you're not looking at your part. Mm. Mm. 
yeah. looking over on the other side of the fence. Mm-hmm. It looks a lot greener over there. <laughs> so then we go on to the other side, and then we look on the other side. It's not as green as we thought it was. Look on the other side. Mm. Yeah. But so. looking in our own backyard is is what God wants us to do instead of looking at at other people's and or else uh, what is it uh, take take the plank out of your own eye yeah and not worry about the others right so you can see clearly to yeah take mm-hmm. the speck out of your brother's yeah. eye mm-hmm. I uh, I like what a friend of mine Paul the pastor he says it wasn't him that said it but it was uh, I think it was Pascal there's a God-shaped vacuum in all our hearts they can only be filled with God and it has to be him or you're never going to be satisfied fully. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, we try to be satisfied with a lot of things, even like our relationships, we try to be satisfied without God in mm-hmm. the center of it. Mm-hmm. And that can be, that can be troublesome too. Huh? Mm-hmm. Well, you're putting a lot of expectations on people that they can't be. Right. Which is frustrating. Right. For, and it's not fair to them. No. And uh, and God can be satisfying so that we can be thankful for even the small things. And just being thankful is so helpful. Yeah. Is there something that you could share with people about how you feel towards the Lord right now? Towards the Lord right now, I feel thankful. I'm. I still have to keep praying for Him to help me to trust Him to feel um, like I'm protected. Uh, there's been just a lot of things in my life where I mm-hmm. haven't felt protected, and so I know He's wants to protect me. Sometimes I try to protect myself. Mm-hmm. So again, I get in the way of the process, um, and so I need to lay that down and let Him be my protection yeah so that's one thing but i'm so glad he's the more the more that i talk to him and the more that i um listen to him that's another thing you can talk till you're blue in the face but did you ever listen you know what i mean (laughs) like julie listen okay you're done now what listen to me for a minute (laughs) um but uh yeah, the more that I am with him and the more I see how trustworthy he is and how faithful he is and how gracious he is and how loving he is and how forgiving he is and all of those, the, all the characteristics. He's the God of all rescue. He's the God of all comfort. Like, And often, like if you're in a situation, no matter what it is, you can find a story in the Bible where he came alongside somebody that was going through something like that and just showed himself faithful and true and brought Mm -hmm. them through it Mm -hmm. right and so you need to search like get in the word and see like when you need something it's there it is there so you ask the lord and keep looking that's really good insight into how we look into the word and how we look to the lord right it's, it's kind of a combination of two things. Yeah. Um, well, we had our different friends come through, and and each of them has, has said, make sure you're getting into God's Word, how important it is to be in God's Word daily, that uh, it's our food, it's our daily food, 
If we don't eat, we starve. And like you said, and like we were talking about, he's our healing because we, I would say we're all broken. It's not some of us and some of us are broken. Maybe some people are more broken than others, but it's, it's those people with broken hearts and broken lives that Christ comes along beside and, and restores them. There's a verse here where Jesus is called. It says, His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. And uh, a counselor, someone who listens, someone who, like you said, uh, comes along beside you. Mm -hmm. Isn't that what the word for the Holy Spirit is? He yeah. comes along beside and uh, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for people who have those skills, too, to be able to listen to people. I'm really thankful the way you, as my wife said, clarify things when you talk there. So <laughs> <laughs> it's been really good. So what are you thinking, Venus? I just feel blessed or feel privileged to be able to get to, get to know you in that much deeper than than just surface and and hearing your story and and just just uh how you've expressed yourself and i've heard thoughts that i've never heard before and and it's just been a blessing to have you here and and just being with us thank you thank you i've been blessed to come you have one last insight you would like to share with people one last thought well, in Isaiah 61, it talks about God binding up the brokenhearted. And if you think of your heart as all your wounds in your life being your heart broken into little pieces, mm -hmm. and so he wants to go rescue all those hurts. He wants to rescue and he bring healing into all those little pieces yes. to make you whole. Because if you're called to love your, your God with your whole heart, your whole mind, and your whole strength... He wants your whole heart. So you got to give him the broken pieces of your heart mm -hmm. in order to give him your whole heart. Right. So don't just give him the good stuff. Don't just give what's presentable, but give everything. Everything. This has been a broadcast of Arrowhead Radio, a ministry of Arrowhead Native Bible Center. Visit our website at arrowheadnbc.com for more information. Look for a new episode next week wherever you find your favorite podcasts.